1: Hey, everybody. It's Friday night. I am surrounded by friends, family, countrymen, um, and I I just got some bad news from Will because I'm exhausted tonight. I spent three hours in Gotham dealing with this Riddler guy, and I thought that I was going to be able to just turn it all over to you, Will, and then you say, you're tired. What What excuse could you have to be tired?
0: Uh, I'm old. That's the excuse.
1: That hits a little, a little close to home here. A little buddy, close, but... Yeah. It,
0: it wounds me, but you know, it's the truth, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: all right, I'll try to hit myself with some adrenaline and make it, make it go. If, if wills old and old and decrepit and tired. But, um, other than that, you doing good, buddy?
0: Doing all right. It's been another long week, but looking all forward to this. It's uh, This is always the highlight of every week. Yeah. So we are joined this week by Madeline Holly Rosling
1: and, uh, Cat uh, Calamia and Phil Falco. I don't know why I just stuttered there, but a um, cause. Yes, <laughs> um, but welcome everybody. Um, we like to do a thirty-second elevator pitch on mm-hmm. the books. So, if uh, Madeline, if you were at a convention and somebody walked past uh, Boston Metaphysical Society, how would you uh, get their attention?
2: Um, usually, I, I lure them in with a bookmark. Uh, If anyone has seen me at a convention, you see me do that all the time, and it works very well. Uh, There's a technique to that that I I can train you if you want to learn. But uh, uh, then I usually ask if they've seen the series before, and uh, the answer is often no. And so I say, oh, okay, well, this story is about an ex-Pinkerton detective, a spirit photographer, and a genius scientist who battles supernatural forces in late 1800s Boston. And then I kind of go from there.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: I can tell you've done that once or twice before.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: chat and Phil, who who is who is the fisherman of you two at a show for slice
3: of life? Turns. We definitely take turns. We usually say, Hey, do you like comic books? And then some people are confused. Other like, No, I don't. And they're then legit. Then we say you'll
4: like ours. And, and then we like, make them listen. Exactly.
3: We're like, no matter what you'll like ours. We sometimes say, like, what type of comics you like, and we really try to spin a tail <laughs> right. of why in like our comic, but what is our usual pitch? Slice of life, actually, this uh last comic was the first time we had the physical issues, yeah.
4: So. Which uh, worked out really well. So we usually say uh, slice of life is a queer webtoon because a lot of people will respond immediately to webtoon they're very familiar with the platform even if they're not as into traditional comics then we'll say it's about an anime character lady vengeance who comes to life has to learn to live in the real world learns there's more to life than darkness and revenge and then falls in love with a kind-hearted cheerleader
1: that's awesome so one of the i think secrets to all this is the more cons you do, the the more the elevator pitch is easy. Oh, I, yeah. I, I the poor people who come on this show who are doing their first Kickstarter and haven't done a convention, this is like the meanest question to ask them because they haven't <laughs> they haven't done the things that just failed. You know, like I'll just be like, "Hi, do you like s- spy?" Ah, and then they just keep walking. <laughs> you know, like so you find this pitch. Um, well, I also, wanna add,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, also, uh, pitches evolve over time. And they will evolve at a con. Uh, Sometimes my husband works cons with me and we'll start. And this was a few years ago. You know, we'd start off with a pitch and he'd go like, that isn't quite working. And I said, you're right. And so we would change it up a bit depending on the crowd. So you do have to evolve it as time goes on and possibly just change it up, you know, right on the spot. So you do have to learn to be fast on your feet.
4: Do you have little yeah, taglines we'll add at the end sometimes? That uh, you yes, gotta, you depending gotta, on the crowd. Yeah, when, uh, yeah. whenever we pitch Cat's superhero book, sometimes at the end we'll we'll tack on. Uh, it's like if Superman was a deadbeat dad.
3: But... <laughs> <laughs> no, I probably wouldn't say that. Or if it's someone way. who looks like he's
4: really into Superman, you,
1: won't say that. you need to you need to say that to Batman fans, not Superman. Yeah. So we have another Dance one for Batman. Right? We
3: have for Batman. We're like, if it's it's like if Batman dealt with this shit. But if it's, again, little kid, I'll be like, oh, it's like Batman beats up with his trauma.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's always great when there's someone of ambiguous age and she doesn't know whether she could say shit or not. Yeah, no,
3: Or just like, oh, do they like that word? I'm not really
1: sure. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get into Slice of Life, but that reminded me, I was at a show once and, you know, like, I'm old now. I don't know if somebody's 13 or 19 anymore, like... I, I can't figure out that so three young ladies came up to my booth and there was a uh, a hero mother any parent that takes their kids to a show is a hero so I I love I love any mom or dad that goes to the shows especially the ones who aren't interested because then you know they're really doing it for the kids but yeah they walked up and my mine's a hard PG thirteen soft R type and I was like I don't know should I and I kind of like was like well it's a little dark what in the mom said they're all on tumblr and i said okay so it's fine you can look at everything you can read everything (laughs) um so it was nice to have mom's permission but that's what it reminded me with like not really knowing sometimes what you can or or should pitch um but slice of life let's look at the the page for a second because i know you guys have a full night of uh delivering your last kickstarter uh ones i actually got mine this week so yes uh, so happy it's so
3: interesting i we're talking to a friend and catching up this week and they're and we're just talking about like packing and i we added up all the hours we spent together this week Mm -hmm. and it's added up to 25 plus hours because we were packing so much yeah
4: we uh we are finishing each other's sentences, but not in a cute way. No, no. We've been listening to a lot of music as well. A lot of cats' music. A lot of
3: my music. <laughs> I have some good music. I'm not talking about this.
1: <laughs> okay, so so where where are we as we start volume two of Slice of Life?
3: Well, that's a good question. Yes. So the end of volume one was when Lucy. Uh, comes out to her now ex-boyfriend dante because dante also comes out as gay so now this chapter um i would say is a lot of shorter chapters which is interesting
4: i think the the first uh issue the first four chapters is really just about our anime character yuriko slash lady vengeance coming to life and you know the initial shock of that and the first steps into the real world Mm -hmm. and then a lot of this chapter a lot of this issue is Getting to know the characters a little more. We get to spend a little bit more time with Lucy's sister, Raven, the super fan of Lady Vengeance. Break
3: her down a little bit. Break her
4: down a little bit, because up to this point, she'd only really been a comedic character. And now we get to Mm -hmm. see there's more to her than that. And then also uh, see Yuriko get a bit more comfortable in the real world and a little bit more uncomfortable at times and get to know Lucy better, know more about her history and her own trauma and the things that she deals with
3: and they go play baseball and you know fun little (laughs) adventures like playing
4: baseball or almost coming out to your friend in the locker room that kind of that kind of (laughs) relatable
3: stuff yeah you know
4: well
0: you guys
1: uh, if baseball is good enough for claremont and the x-men it's good enough for you guys and slice of life it's so
3: funny as someone who's like as you guys know such a big you know Comic fan on a weekly basis, Wednesday Warrior, read many comics, love Chris, Claire around stuff. Um, but honestly, when I wrote the baseball chapter, I was just thinking about League of Their Own, like the movie. Yeah, I was right. like, how it's like kind of a stereotype that queer ladies play softball. Yeah. So I'm like, that's oh, it's kind of fun.
4: Speaking of. Exactly. Here we are. Here so we are softball.
0: You mentioned that these chapters are somewhat shorter. I know that Webtoons is strange, at least to me, because I don't know anything about it that you have, the readers kind of expect a certain amount of, of content per week. What, what does that equal out to like in a, you know, pages of a comic or, you know, how, how does that kind of all work out as you, you know, build these issues after first going to Webtoon?
4: I would say that uh, it really varies based on what you're reading. Like if you're reading an an original, like a, a, a series that has been picked up by Webtoon, the expectation varies by genre, but I'd say Thirty panels is probably the mi- the minimum you would get, which probably works out to like five to seven pages, sequential pages. Uh, on Canvas, it, it on Canvas where you anyone could self publish, it varies. But we usually will take write a chapter. So let's say
3: usually like eight to twelve pages. Eight chapter. to twelve
4: pages, and then we'll break up that chapter individual into individual episodes. We'll release on a weekly basis. So, you know, we might have. Chapter five is broken into two parts. It's six pages, and we post three pages one day, three pages the next week. Um, And then we have chapter six, which is longer. It's broken up into four uh, four, uh, episodes, and that's, uh, I think it was like 11 or 12 pages. Mm -hmm. So it's great to have that flexibility where we could tell a longer chapter, and we just break it up into more weeks. Nice
3: a lot of planning also like just trying to figure out like all right how long can we take a hiatus which honestly because we are the workaholics we are we very rarely take hiatuses on the webtoon and luckily enough um our artist is just so wonderful with getting pages every week as well yeah
4: she's very passionate she's always uh she's always delivering she uh she's very excited about the project Mm -hmm. and it helps definitely to post consistently they always say when uh whenever people talk about growing an audience on webtoon just uh Creating that schedule, always posting every Monday night is what grows an audience. And we definitely have experienced that. We, yeah, we're at um, we just almost hit-
3: 27,000 yeah, now. Yeah. Um, and, and we started this in July.
4: Yeah. So uh, we've always seen our greatest growth when we have consistent post schedule.
3: Mm-hmm. I will say that's what helped this Kickstarter too. Oh,
4: absolutely. I know
3: issue one by visibility helped, but I feel like a big part was that we just had an audience on Webtoon. And this one in particular, I really, we see a lot of people that this is the first campaign they've ever backed. Mm-hmm. And we don't oh, know them. Beautiful. So I'm like, it has to be because of the web tune.
1: No, that's that's great because there is a, there's an audience on Kickstarter, but you have to bring the majority of your backers to the project. So the fact that you're bringing someone who's backing their first ever project. And because I know tonight, if you guys are on, then the show is sponsored by Microsoft Excel. Uh, So uh, I want to thank you for bringing, you know, Bill Gates and into Explain Yourself uh, business wise, but um,
4: I'm waiting for his backing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We're waiting
1: for that. But you I I know that you guys are organized and you're going to deliver. So you're going to give that person's first Kickstarter campaign something they're happy about. And then. Well, and Madeline and I may be the people who get their second or third or fourth. So it's amazing that you are going out there and and introducing the uh, the platform to people. Mm
3: Yeah, I think it's a great thing and I hope they end up backing more Kickstarters. I've definitely seen it. I've yep. seen like people that start and be like, oh, like I backed up a couple more because it looked interesting.
4: It's the Brandon Sanderson effect. You just... Uh, yes. they <laughs> just people who aren't familiar with Kickstarter who they just need one thing that they're into from outside of the pre-existing Kickstarter sphere to bring them on there and then...
3: It's a, it's a community of people. Yep. So I think that's when they notice, yep.
2: like, oh, I can make an effect. Did anyone check? I did. Uh, But did anyone else check on the uh, Brandon Sanderson's Kickstarter page? How many first-time backers he brought in? I just heard of it. I checked earlier. Over 40,000.
0: Wow. (sighs)
3: So I say
2: thank you very much, Mr. Sanderson. Mm -hmm.
3: Thank you, Mr. (laughs) Sanderson. Thank you.
2: Because now we're going to get all those Kickstarter emails and newsletters, and uh, we're going to be on them.
0: They're in the yeah. system.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're in the, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, it is such a, some people, um, I think get, get a little, I, th- I think when it's your first time on the, on Kickstarter, maybe your second time, you might get a little worried that it's sucking the energy out of crowdfunding when, when somebody does that, but no, it's, it's, it's yeah. nourishing the soil that we all use. And so I'm I'm ecstatic. There's nothing but good that comes from that, you know. Unless you know he bought an island and just leaves, and they don't get their four novels, which I don't yeah. think is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but he has I, enough I, money I to, buy to, to buy them. Buy
2: them. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll deliver. I I've I've no doubt about that. You know, he yeah. he will definitely deliver. Yeah. So and like I know that and Cat and Phil will. So if you've brought in new people, they're gonna come back with a positive experience mm-hmm. and we'll be more willing to back other projects. So that's really important. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely.
1: So um I know that you told me this but I can't how long in the future would slice of life go if you if all of your dreams came true on this
4: story.
3: Oh, man, we always ask that question. We have plans. <laughs> I would say for at least 3 seasons.
4: Yeah, so and you know, a season would probably be about 20-something chapters, excuse me. Yeah, oh
3: bless you. It would probably be like, a season would probably be about four issues. So four okay. big issues, which add up to like 50 pages. So it's about 200 pages each. So I would mm-hmm. say we have at least like 600 pages worth of story. Yeah.
4: and we we always, you know, we always say it's a story about life. You know, it's obviously about an anime character learning how to live everyday life when everything before that was just like, you know, those big TV exaggerated moments, but, you know, as we flesh out the world, it's just about every character discovering like, you know, where, what, what it is that they are living for, what is, what it is about life that they are passionate about or that they don't love. So
3: either through queerness or being straight or just being a high schooler, uh, or even being a dad like we want to explore all those different scenarios. So
4: one of the great things about Webtoon is that it's really built for that kind of long format. So there's so mm-hmm. many webtoon series that are going on, hundreds of episodes, and
3: we're uh, still reading it and loving it.
4: Yeah, so we're trying to be flexible. We have, like Kat said, we have three seasons very loosely mapped out, but we're trying to take it one step at a time.
3: This first season's already very, very. This first season is, is set in
4: stone. We yeah. know exactly, pretty much. Wh- we know exactly where it's going to end, obviously, and we know pretty much every, every beat chapter. in between. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, we'll add something in between. We'll be like, oh, maybe we should give Raven or Dante like a- an extra an extra chapter just to flesh out the the ancillary characters but uh yeah and then season two we have loose ideas but we're trying to take it as it comes and one of the great things about webtoons is just the, the responsiveness
3: the instant response it's so interesting so we have a character which I, i'm sure we could talk about but they, we didn't we do meet the characters during our hiatus because again we don't like taking a break but we need to you're up to get extra art so, we so it's to, like
4: an interview with a character yeah where you don't need new art you just have the back and forth and text so
3: we had this character who we always want to do like a little bit of stuff with but nothing like too crazy her name's chris and she's like the mean girl and then like mm. the way we fleshed her out just because like people for some reason gravitated to like one sentence we said just that like oh she's blunt but she's like wants people to be honest with her that's like sometimes she could be mean about it, but it's because it's coming from a good spot. And a lot of people gravitated towards that. And then me and Phil, because of that, like made an even bigger arc for her. Yeah. And are like, oh, we're actually like super excited for that. Yeah. Just because of the commenters in real time telling us, like, oh, this is something that we like. And I don't we didn't make that story just because they liked it, it just gave us right. ideas of What we could do next
1: that that reminds me a little bit madeline you put in one of your um your books that you were speaking to somebody at a convention and they brought up something about caitlin and that spurred you on to an entire
2: entire entire story it actually ended up driving the next three issues which which was really interesting and it was because we were talking about you know repercussions there's always going to be accountability you know, there's action, reaction. And because Caitlin had continued to work with Samuel and Granville against her mother's wishes, there are gonna be repercussions for that. And I really, we were just talking about that, and I was like, oh, this, is, this has to affect her life. And it did, it literally ended up steering the whole next three issues.
1: I I think that's great that you have both for both books. You've had like an interaction that spurred pages, books, like full on things. That's a really interesting thing. Has that ever happened with you? You will, or, or you just sit in your, in your office and just write, and you don't worry about what the little people
0: think. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. No. Um, It's interesting because I've, I've talked to you know some back and forth with readers ma- mainly via email because I haven't done cons in forever it seems like, mm-hmm. um, but you know, uh, suggesting maybe hey you know since the since you know public domain is a huge part of what I do with crossover division you know, suggesting something that maybe I could you know. Steal. And, and then oh, the poop comments <laughs> yeah. you're,
2: you're repurposing it will you're not stealing yeah. you're repurposing it
0: i am digging at the uh the cultural uh uh fields the fossils the fossil <laughs> the cultural fossils that have been left for you well yeah and it's it's fun because you know the thing is you can and i i'm gonna quote someone who's a very important writer to me but he's also probably uh on on some lists now because of bad things that he did but uh it well, could Warren, be a thousand people well uh warn ellis <laughs> uh, <laughs> um uh in planetary he's talking about the uh, the pitch for planetary and he says what he his, his plan was to basically go back and look at something and scrape away his words, the dog shit, and see what it is about that thing that made it so popular at the time. You know, w- without all the, you know, stuff that's, you know, added on later, but what was the core of it that made it so, thinking you know, like Tarzan, or, you know, you look at some of the early, uh, you know, G8 and his battle aces, the pulp figures, the spider, things like that, and do this kind of, fictional archaeology I guess which is kind of mm-hmm. cool um but I don't think I do it half as well as <laughs> he does I'm, um it's it's fun though I mean I I get to go back and look at these works and then that's the cool thing is that these you know the readers can say hey well you know I think you need to do something with uh, Cthulhu I'm like okay well I know how horrible a person the writer was we can maybe work something in at. yeah I mean it's it, it is that
1: feedback is really cool and the great thing is almost no comic uh writer has done anything with cthulhu so there's oh, a no. No no. It,
2: nobody's <laughs> so heard anything about it at all yeah not at all not at no all.
1: no offense no offense yeah it's, y'all y'all do great work it's just yeah. there's been a lot
2: ha- hasn't haven't all of us done something in cthulhu i, I don't think we not, yeah.
3: I, I, I have, have not PR work for cthulhu yeah. like not there. me yeah okay Okay. I, I haven't yet. because yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Next week,
1: oh, next week, I'll have something. No, <laughs> I never read his short stories, so my my experience with him is the comics that I've supported on Kickstarter that are so you know specifically drawn from his world. I know that obviously he's so inspired so many things that many of the things I didn't even realize I was getting second and third hand was was from him. But um, yeah, yeah, no. I'm-
2: yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I'm not a Lovecraft fan, but I was intrigued when um, Russell Nolte did his first. Um, mm-hmm. Cthulhu is hard to spell because I I have a, a short in there, and I just said, okay, I'm making this a comedy. It's yeah. a dark comedy, but it's a comedy. So I had yeah. a lot of fun with it, yeah. and you know, chose some gods. And anyway, I did. I had fun with it, but yeah, it just. I know so many creators who have done shorts for all the Cthulhu anthologies mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. and there's a lot. And and I think Travis Gibb is, yep. is mm-hmm. lo- looking to do what Cthulhu in Neverland next yep. time. Oh yeah. Neverland now. I know you can yeah. wonder. Neverland, yes. <laughs> yeah. And if I have time, maybe I'll do something, but I'll we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> no, I it, I don't know enough about it. Because anytime like you know I see like
3: oh there's opportunity to pitch or whatever i'm like i don't know if that's my wheelhouse you know there's a lot of wheelhouses we have i don't know if that's that's mine i I
1: will say that i very much enjoy miskatonic high
3: oh yeah yeah it it plays in that
1: world but it plays in that world in a the high school like the high school that ya high school that i enjoy Mm -hmm. so that's the one that I really enjoy a lot. But but I ha- have enjoyed Cthulhu, you know, Invades Oz. I have enjoyed Cthulhu is Hard to Spell. And uh, Pipe Creepers, you know, yeah.
2: there's
1: there's mm-hmm. been a lot. I've just kind of like, all right, I've, I think what I need to do is actually read the first, the actual stories mm-hmm. before I read another adaptation at
0: this point. I think I need to, like, do the real thing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know.
0: Cat and Phil, I mean, you guys you're doing by visibility yes slice of life uh there's the dancer by cat there is also um like father like daughter by cat and then phil's doing the haunting i'm just gonna ask you know if you do want to pitch to one of these when is that gonna be uh because i don't see you sleeping doing everything you're doing right now yeah
3: we, (laughs) we literally uh Phil has
0: four hours of sleep on the Excel sheet. I know.
3: know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he had his Red Bulls. I don't even know if he's going to get it. I have
4: another Red Bull in the fridge for when I'm about to crash.
3: Um, But yeah, no, we have a, we're doing, and this has been announced, we're doing a hair anthology now. So we have um, Janelle working with us for that. And that's cool. Um, We have two, we have a couple other stories that we're coming up with as well, which is cool, Mm -hmm. but it's like, we don't have the time to sit down and write it. And we're one story we're so, so excited about. And, uh, you know, writing outside the miniseries that we're working now, it's just, I wish we had more time. Uh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of things, like the dancer has been done for a while and that's what's, I guess, like so crazy. I wish there was more time because like, if we weren't doing Slice of Life now and then by visibility and then hair anthology and, and then all this. Somehow I can finish a Dancer that was written like five years ago.
1: I know I know you said time, and I know we have about five more minutes until you have to get packing. Um, how do you guys really- write? Like, <laughs> how-, how do you write? Do you get in together and talk it out and someone's on the keyboard?
4: Do you just trade pages back and forth? It really depends. Um, with Slice of Life, with what we do most often is we'll meet up and or we'll have a phone call, but most of the time we try to do it in person. And we'll work out our beat sheet so we'll start hot like large scale we'll say what is this whole season's arc and what are all the beats we want to hit and then individually what is this issue this collection of chapters and then within the chapter what are the beats we want to hit and we'll give a leaf we'll assign a lead writer to each chapter so you know the first chapter i would write the second chapter cat would write and then obviously we'd have a big back and forth we'd add lines mm-hmm. here and there we'd uh, say oh I, this is actually a really cool idea i had writing uh reading what you wrote um, and then sometimes we'll actually sit down together and write together, which uh,
3: happens more rarely. I yeah. will say there's uh, a group of chapters we wanted to do that with Slice of Life that's coming up, and we're like, we're gonna sit down and do it. And then we just plotted it all out, and we're like, I don't think it's possible timelines for us to do it, but project that we're working on now, which is a new project, um, we want to do that with, and that's why it's been so hard to write, because uh, we actually have the idea It's literally just to sit down and write it together, because in this book in particular, we really wanted to do that. We've
4: spent like like 25 hours together, and just like we haven't found the time to, or we'll be packing so long, or doing whatever other planning we need to do, or scheduling, or Excel work we need to do, that uh, by the time it's time, we have a minute to write, we're just so burnt out. But. Honestly
3: it's emails that really burns burn us out too, because throughout the day that's what we're probably doing the most more than even mm-hmm. writing. And I think every writer can relate to that. It's just especially while you're running a Kickstarter for us, right now our schedule is to run a Kickstarter. Throughout the, whole the year, A whole year only have two weeks in between every single Kickstarter. And that's like lucky. <laughs>
1: So we, but- before you go, you have to explain something because we have a question in the yeah. chat. Uh, and I think it's probably really important for you to be specific here. We have a Facebook user asking, this is a harem anthology? Oh, yeah, I believe you might want that. to specify <laughs> no. whether it is or is not a harem anthology. That's the next one. We
3: probably could sell that even better. Like I think we'd make more money oh, yeah. off of that on Kickstarter. But uh, it's is a hair anthology. Yeah. So H-A-I-R. Yeah, uh,
4: all about people's relationships with their hair because there's so many. Everybody has a different relationship with their hair. I, I'm amazing. sorry
1: to disappoint you a, a little bit now to save you from being very disappointed later, but um, if Cat and Phil are in charge, it's gonna be good. Yeah, and whoever you are, Facebook user, you know you can say who you are. You can keep it secret you can do the harem anthology you
3: could. yeah we're giving you that idea you should run with it um i'm excited to get it on kickstarter put
4: cthulhu in it cthulhu
3: yeah. well uh that's honestly there you go guys that's the new cthulhu I, Cthulhu
2: oh, and, Herum Herum
4: yeah that'll <laughs> <look good. laughs> i think it'll do really well
3: honestly that would probably be the best back to kickstarter right.
1: and there's also uh tate is asking if we could have a hairs anthology so i think we could do something with some bunny rabbits right yeah. Look,
3: guys we are busy people i don't know if we're the ones to make the bunny anthology you can have the bunnies
4: you All can right. have the bunnies the other user can have the harem so we'll take the hair
3: we're gonna take the hair uh but yeah no there's a lot of cool stuff coming up um in two weeks, no, a week, not even a week after we do this, we can announce it here. We're doing a, a pin campaign,
4: enamel pins, enamel pins Ooh. for
3: by visibility. So that's awesome. going to be cool.
4: And we got the samples and they look beautiful. Yeah, so we're they look so good. really excited. We're to... doing
3: a photo shoot for that. So uh, yeah.
4: that's on Sunday, we're going, we're driving a, like an hour away to meet a photographer and, uh, really excited. It's their tie in. I think we can say that yeah, yeah, they're tie in with by visibility. So, uh, you know, that's it's. We're hoping to get people who maybe wouldn't be as into comics, but who collect pins, to check out the anthology if they're yeah. bisexual or very into, you know, like queer media. And then, you know, we may we we're hoping to increase the visibility of the bi visibility brand. <laughs> and you know, there's characters in the pins who will appear in the upcoming Volume anthology, two,
3: which is going to be in June. Yeah, so so what a-
4: we're trying to do a lot of, uh, of cross pollination in that regard. <laughs>
1: Well, guys, um, Mark. I, you were nice enough to give us a half hour and it is up. So go pack some shit. That's
0: right. <laughs> thank
3: you. We we're excited to give you your, more packages, even though you've already gotten these. And thank you for inviting us. And yeah. and uh, yeah. we always have a blast on the show. Every
0: time. It,
1: have, a have a great nice night.
2: You guys. Have Bye. A good night.
1: <laughs> All right. Now that we got rid of them, we can get to <laughs>
2: Well, now you're stuck with me.
1: Oh no! This is this is great. I did I did some homework over the week. I grabbed my Boston Metaphysical out again and reread them, and okay. I really want to get into it, especially with you and Will, because you know Will does the public domain and you do the historical fiction. I really wanted to ask you on Boston Metaphysical how you decided exactly the era of history to place this story. Um, you know, basically everything that came together with choosing exactly this time and place to tell your story.
2: Uh, A lot of it had to do with, well, straight American history. And right at the turn of the century, uh, you know, the 1890s into the early 1900s, there was a huge amount of social, technological, and cultural change here in the United States, obviously across the world as well. But I'm just focusing on the United States, and for me, that was ripe for organic conflict between uh, classes, between genders, um, and technology. And as we all know, people are often scared of new technology, and there's going to be a reaction to that. And then I like, well, you know, I like the supernatural and paranormal things, so you throw that in as a regular part of their world and it pretty much you know upends it so it's it, it was a lot of fun. Um the other thing too is with the technology of the time it, it's mostly analog. Obviously you throw in some steampunk fun tech mm-hmm. because it, it is it is fiction. Right. Uh but I do try to keep the science accurate when I can. Um, you know, if possible, but what's nice about it, since it is analog, it's actually easier to explain both verbally and visually to your audience. Because as you know, you know, our cell phones are virtually magic to most of us. We we don't know how they, I mean, obviously many people do. A lot of people don't uh, know how they operate. uh, And it's a lot more difficult to explain then opening up a pocket watch and being able to see the gears move and how it actually functions. Right. Um, so that, that brought a lot of, that was a lot of the, this, the decision-making process.
0: Well, I really like how you kind of grounded all of that stuff specifically with, the uh, I think it was spirit of rebellion. Yeah. That was kind of where her story was going after, you know, those were the, the consequences of, of what she was doing. Right.
2: Yeah, um, and and that was a lot of fun because I wasn't really gonna. When I first started writing it, I didn't know quite how it was going to end until I got to the end. And for those who haven't read it, I don't want to give away spoilers, <laughs> but it's a pretty big moment for her, and you're never quite the same after that. Mm-hmm. And, My- and and Samuel and Samuel, you know who becomes something else to her. Uh, He's her boss for most of everything and still is for lack of a better term. Um, You know, he gets it. I mean, he's killed people before. So he understands. So it also kind of puts them on more of the same level emotionally. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So it makes more sense when what happens happens.
1: Now I'm going to guess that anybody who is either watching or listening to this, do you have a catch-up tier where they could get those original stories in this Kickstarter?
2: Uh, Well, Volume Two is a compilation of all four sequels. So yeah, so it includes Scourge of the Mechanical Men, Spirit of Rebellion, Ghosts and Demons, and the Book of Demons. If you haven't read the original six-issue mini-series, then yes um there is there's a digital where you can get volume 1 and volume 2 the two trade paperbacks um or you have it's called the new to boston and you get the the paperback trade paperback versions of volume 1 and 2 plus uh, the coloring book is thrown in nice. so
0: <laughs> well, right. what was it uh, about what was it about Boston that kind of drew you to setting the story there i mean it's you know the there, there, there's Philadelphia, there's New York, there's all these big old cities that we have in the North. What was it that drew you to Boston?
2: Uh, a number of things. And uh, one, it was the intimacy of the city, uh, which the others, Philadelphia sort of has, but the thing about Boston is it when you say the name to an American, uh, well, particularly one who knows American history, um, It evokes almost a a mythological response Mm -hmm. because it's the city is so steeped within our culture of, you know, the the beginning of the revolution Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, fighting back against. (laughs) against authoritarianism.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Thank thank God we'll never have to do that again.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that. Um, Yeah, you know, taxation without representation. That's the, that's kind of a big deal.
1: Hey, I'm in Florida. We just we just uh, took away taxation for Disney. So uh, I think I think is that good? I don't know. <laughs>
2: yeah, that that's that's not over yet. You know that, right?
1: No, 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 no. I I, I just I, I'm sorry. I just it's it's just a lot. It's just yeah. a lot. But um,
2: all I can I'm say gonna... is I'm I'm sorry, Kevin. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know. It, we've really been getting used to being the joke since 2000. Uh, I think until 2000, I did not realize we were a joke. And by now it's just like, yeah, man, it's a pretty funny joke. So I get it. Let's well, just
0: lean. We're leaning into it, I think. <laughs> you, uh, I'm in Arkansas. Do you know who could be our next governor? Uh, which 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 one now? Sarah Huckabee Sanders.
1: Oh, all right all right no, well she no. no, she'd be not. she'd be she'd be good in press conferences <laughs> no she she has <laughs> experience in press conferences well let's yes yeah, let's get let's get that, out of the the, yeah, the, 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 the pit like, of despair <laughs> yeah. and 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 let's look at this Kickstarter page and uh, you can kind of uh, uh,
0: lead us through. We'd oh, uh, pitch. yes, while he's loading that up, a uh, question for you. You've also done a radio drama.
2: Yes, uh, we did, called The Ghost Ship. It is a separate standalone story. It is not uh, an adaptation of anything else that exists, with the exception of it was an episode for, I know people probably heard this story a million times. Uh, Boston Metaphysical started as a TV pilot while I was at UCLA Film School but I also took another class where we were required to write the fifth episode. And that means that if you can write a fifth episode of your series, it has legs, which means it can continue onward and, and have a fulfilling life expectancy. And so the ghost ship, uh, was the radio drama was adapted from that. And it went through a lot of changes. Um, I was very fortunate to bring on a a veteran production team of Eddie Louise and Chip Michael, who uh, co-created and produced Sage and Savant, which was also a a steampunk time travel audio drama. It's on for four years. It's wonderful. So if you love audio dramas, go listen to it. You'll love it. Um, And we had a terrific cast. So yeah, I did produce the whole thing. So, if anyone tells you producing is glamorous, they're lying. <laughs> it's what? you know, lots of uh, legal contracts and mm-hmm. going through uh, voice reels and auditions and honing people and 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 I like to be nice to my actors because you know you never know when you're going to see them again or you want them. So everyone got who I didn't pick, I just said they all got emails saying thank you, you weren't selected, but you know, please come back again sometime, yeah. you know, if we move on, but. Yeah. Uh,
1: that has to be hard. That has to be hard because you're trying to give people a chance to do something. And, and to give one person a chance, you have to probably tell nine people they didn't get that chance. So it's nice of you to at least reach out. I know that I personally, I love rejections that I receive uh, because it's so much better than sending a pitch out and never hearing anything. Yeah
2: yeah i i was told by most of voice actors that normally they don't hear anything back at all and um uh so i just i didn't want to be that person Mm. and i mean yeah I took extra time but there could be a time when you know they're the perfect fit for a part right Right. and you know i want them to feel appreciated because they are appreciated (laughs) quite frankly these people were fabulous we we got auditions from around the world it was amazing
1: what did you learn in <laughs> i i know that you you worked with the 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 uh the production team so there was probably some stuff in the script that they told you about early that needed to be changed but what did you learn listening to it that that you needed to adapt to going from a tv script to a radio play <laughs>
2: um i need to i needed to uh, what for the next script i write if, for an audio drama if we, if we continue i would definitely put in more direction for the actors uh oh, okay. would just i think it would just help them and it would streamline the process uh because in my head you know i would hear a thing but then sometimes you know they'd give a take that was like more humorous and i'm like no this it's no this is not humorous. Here. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, um, oh, I have I see Charlie over here. Charlie's yeah. in the house.
0: <laughs> Charlie Fitney, <Thickney>, that guy.
1: <laughs> we, we might be talking about that guy at the end of the show when we go through uh, campaigns that are
0: still that running. Guy. We will be.
2: And oh yes, um, actually, there are reward tiers in the Kickstarter that include the audio drama. Oh, that's nice. Um, we have an audio drama package. Uh, and we have like a super digital package, which not only, uh, includes the, the, the graphic novels and the novels and the prose, but also a a download MP3 download of the audio drama. Oh, nice. Um, so it is for about four hours long. It's eight episodes, about half hour each. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about the production team and, and the actors. They just really did a fabulous job.
1: No, that's really that's really neat. I um, one of my editor, uh, Cassie Bell, sh- she is starting a a group in New York who's sort of doing this. In the last the last Kickstarter, I kind of got a a dollar figure from her of what it would cost. We didn't we didn't make it enough to announce it as a stretch goal, but uh, it was it was the next one that that could have happened. So it's. If it ever does happen, I may be sending you a couple emails asking <laughs> for wisdom uh, before I jump into the endeavor.
2: Yeah, well, this was uh, produced like a classic audio drama. So it has uh, original music and special effects. It's oh, wow. It's not just I, I know some comics have gone audio where they're, they're reading some of the exposition. Right. Um, but there may or may not be sound effects and there may or may not be music involved. It it depends on the the production, but yeah, this is much more like your, your classic old time radio drama. Yeah. That's nice. And I really wanted that um, because years ago, before I started before audio books were really popular, you know, it's when you'd had to go to the truck stop to buy the CDs that you would rip and, you you know, the whole thing. Um, that i would be coming back from you know from a con from san jose oh thank you charlie <laughs> <laughs> yes um chip michael did a, a fabulous job on on the audio engineering and directing and everything um but anyway i there would be this space for like an hour and a half coming down the five on the east side of um gilroy and Suddenly on my AM radio, I would pick up this radio play. I don't even know what radio station it was. And we're like, oh my God, this is great. I can drive and I can be entertained and I can listen. And it was wonderful. And then I would drive out of range and we're like, no, come back. <laughs> come back. And then You're
1: driving like, 10 miles under the speed limit to get. It's like, come back.
2: No, come back. And then it was, you know, agony for three hours after that. So it was like, okay, we need to do something about that and start buying audiobooks for the road and for the gym. And now I actually listen to a lot of audio because I just, I don't have time to read anymore. So that's the way, that's how I get my books in.
1: That's no, that's, it is, it is reading. It's just reading in a different mm-hmm. uh, yeah. way. You know, I've talked to teachers who you know, my, my daughter's in middle school and they're like, I do not care if the, my 13 and 14 year old kids listen to audio books because it's still reading. It's still it working your mind and that you know i don't know that i would have come up with that on my my own but obviously the people who know know it's reading mm-hmm.
2: yeah no it it, it definitely is and, it, and it's a lot of fun and um before i forget if if you're new to audiobooks and you love sci-fi get murder bot diaries by martha wells <laughs> um get the audio version the actor who reads it kevin r free you will be laughing your ass off.
1: Murder Bot Diaries, you said?
2: Murder Bot Diaries. It's murder? won every award. It's won Hugo's, Nebula's, I mean, everything. And that was one of those things where it kept, every time I go on Amazon, this pop-up ad for murder, because they're novellas, and it mm-hmm. kept popping up and popping up. And I'm like, Okay, fine, I'll get it. <laughs> I'll get it, just stop, stop bugging me. And so I said, okay, it's a novella. It's perfect for the gym, you know, went on the cardio. And I started listening to this. I'm going like, oh my god, this is brilliant. And you know, made my husband listen to it, and now he listens to it. He'll he'll listen to it forever because it's just so great. Um, I was.
1: I thought yeah. I, we were going to drive up to North Carolina this summer, possibly my daughter and I. And I was like, if we do that, I'm going to get the Andy Serkis Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. And and that will be our drive. It just found out today we're, that we're not going to take that trip. But, uh, you know, but the next 13 to 20 hour drive I have, that's what I'm going to splurge on. But <laughs> is Murder dot, Diaries uh, okay for a 13 year old?
2: Absolutely.
1: Okay. All right. Then, I think then think so. add yep. it to the I list. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Yeah. And usually um, histor- those big historical fiction novels are great for the long trips, too, because that's like 24 hours of <laughs> of nonstop. Like the whole oh, Philippa Gregory, the mm-hmm. White Queen, the Red Queen, the, the to the other Tudor girl, you know, all of those are um, you learn more English history than you ever cared to. But no uh, that's
1: that's cool. Yeah. I that's you know grabbing grabbing something when you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Uh speaking of learning history from fiction, how long do you expect Boston Metaphysical to go? Do you have stories just branching off in the future or how long do you plan this?
2: It is it is a huge world and <laughs> huge. Um <laughs> taking if I'm actually doing this by by timeline, taking volume one, which is the original six issue series, everything that's in the future of that will be in graphic novel form. Everything that's in the before that in the timeline will be in prose form. Gotcha. So what I'm currently working on now in between things is uh, a new four issue series. I'm I'm not going to do the standalones anymore because I just had a feeling that this story needed to be, I wanted to, to develop the stories more. Mm-hmm. And with a, a four issue miniseries, that's man- more manageable than a six issue miniseries. I don't really want to <laughs> do that again. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, that's a new arc uh, that kind of Segues off of the Book of Demons, which is the last book that I did. Um, And if you read the end of that, you know where they're going. Um, And yeah, there's no secret. I'm bringing back Tesla, guys. (laughs) I'm bringing back Tesla. So you
1: you brought it up. You brought it up. You've got Tesla. You've got Edison. You've got um, uh, Graham, right? Or Bell? Uh, Uh, Yeah,
2: Alexander Graham Bell. Yes. Genie. Same guy. Yeah. yeah, they're they're in the original six issue miniseries. Right. Uh, Tesla is in the scourge of the mechanical man, uh, but you don't see the rest of them again probably. Uh, I mean, you're not you're not seeing them in in the other sequels, um, and you'll only see Tesla in the new story. And I'm I'm they they're going away from Boston. Okay. <laughs> Traveling. <It's> <laughs>
3: <laughs> were,
1: were, did you put them together because i the the first or second page of of it is is all of them you know gathering at a funeral and and i see these historical people and then i realize about halfway through the issue you're kind of oh they're not the stars of this they're <laughs> they're another group and the stars are you, you know yeah. you're three yeah. um was that was that a choice to kind of throw the audience off or was it more like, I really want to kind of play with them, but I also want to play with these characters
2: more. Yeah. They, they were, they were integral to the story, but they weren't the story right. um, the, the story was always between Samuel Caitlin and Granville mm-hmm. and um, how those four men affected their relationship right. and influenced their relationship. And so, yeah, they, they were never the stars, uh, but they are important to the story. And, uh, yeah, I just, to me, it was interesting to put those four people together. Um, you know, some of them knew, actually knew each other in real life and others they didn't. I, I, there's nothing I know of that Houdini ever met Tesla, you know, Edison or bell. He may have, but nothing that I've read that he had. Um, obviously Tesla Edison and bell knew each other. Uh, and, you know, I kept the fact that Tesla, you know, and Edison hated each other.
1: Right.
2: Um, but that was about that. And, and Tesla's obsessive, uh, personality, but that's about it. You know, you
1: just, you just play with them other, other than that you play with them and that's no, I thought that was fun. I thought that was fun when I sort of realized. Oh, wait, wait, wait! No, this is this is Caitlin, and 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 it's an it's another group story. I thought that was a fun little.
0: Uh... What well, you've uh, you've collected the first six issues, and some of the and and you're collecting some of the other issues now. Yes. Um, is uh, these are trade paperbacks or, or soft covers, right? Are there plans to potentially do a, a large hardcover of any of these? Or all of them? You know,
2: I don't know yet. Um, I, I'm i not sure I have the bandwidth or the time to <laughs> to, to, to go that route. Uh, I know a couple of people have asked about it, if, if I would do it. But I'm like, eh, you know, I'll think <laughs> about it.
1: <laughs> if, if you ever get to it, I can see this series really, like trying to make it like a book that you would get from the 1800s look like, like a really a throwback to the way the books oh, yeah. looked at the time. Mm-hmm. I can see that being extraordinary for your readers. Like it would be just cool to have on a bookshelf.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh no, ab- absolutely. If I were going to do that, I would, I would do a deep dive into the design of this book and and the look and the feel and, and the actual material of it. Um, yeah. Which is
1: why you don't have the bandwidth to do it right now.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Between, uh, I learned the hard way, uh, last fall when we were fulfilling the book of demons at the same time I was running the audio drama Hmm. and book of demons, we sent out 700 packages between my husband and myself. And so I like to finish, you know, you know, mm-hmm. fulfill stuff before I start something else. Okay. And so we were trying desperately to get things out and we got a lot out before we launched, but we didn't get everything. So mm-hmm. I would like focus on the Kickstarter for three days and then fulfillment for two days and then back to the Kickstarter and back and forth to, you know, eventually get everything out. And, and we did, but yeah, it was the post office. I'm not sure if they loved us or not.
1: <laughs> I, I, before i say this you meet a thousand people at a con um i actually came up to you at san diego once and i said hey i i kicked i i was one of your kickstarter backers for you know I, it was your it was the book you wrote on on running a kickstarter so i mm-hmm. brought, and you went oh my god did you get it
2: and i was like I'm, <laughs> no yes
1: i got it i'm so sorry <laughs> i just wanted to say hi and i thought <laughs> that'd be a way to do it but i saw I, I saw the 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 deliverer and you just jump up like, oh my God, this guy didn't get his, no, I'm like, no, 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 I'm sorry. So it, person to person, I'm sorry I did that to you.
2: <laughs> no, I I remember a regular backer came up and uh, at San Diego and he says, hey, how are you doing? I said, how are you? And he says, yeah, I wanted to get that book. And I said, here, yeah. it's, you already paid for it. You never, <laughs> filled, out, you never filled out your survey. Here's your book, here's this. And I started like piling stuff in his bag. And I that's said, awesome. you are fulfilled. You've got everything. And he was so happy because in his mind, he just walked away with all this free stuff, which he was already entitled to in the first place. Yeah. And and I got to f- fulfill something right then and there and and make someone really happy. Mark one of those <laughs> yeah.
0: off. I, I don't that's something I just don't quite understand. I mean, they've they've paid for it, they've literally yeah. given me their money, and I'm like. Send an email, send in messages through Kickstarter. I'm like, please let me send you what you, you know, what you've already yeah. bought.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I send uh probably three or four follow up uh, Kickstarter messages mm-hmm. and um, emails, yeah. and at some point it's like, okay, I've I've done my best, I've done my due diligence, I hope they're okay, you know, nothing bad has happened, um, and then because I have had that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I had a, I had a uh, backer who lived in New York, who always picked up her books at New York comic-con and mm-hmm. when she didn't show up, well, you know, like people are busy Yeah. and it was about, I don't know about three months later. Cause I had, I had an address for her from the last campaign. So I just mm-hmm. sent the book in the hopes and I got a postcard from her mother. Uh, and it was a, she had a, a surgery, and a blood clot and yeah no right she was just a darling wonderful person and um (laughs) you know four years later i'm still i'm still sad about it but at least i got to actually meet her in Mm -hmm. in real life you know and and uh you know i uh accidentally her, her last name was gomez i accidentally called her selena gomez i always remember that uh, <laughs> she goes no i'm and she said her name i'm like oh jesus christ uh, I, I, I don't sleep on these and i drink a lot i'm sorry
0: <laughs> yeah, but yeah unfortunately
2: true. you know things happen so mm-hmm. and you can't do anything about that except hope that eventually they're Okay. And and I've I've had come people come out of the woodwork after a year saying like, oh, sorry. And like, okay, I'm shipping it out this week. All, all, all is good. Glad to hear from you.
1: I've noticed that Jimmy Palmiati puts on a thing after a year, if you haven't sent your survey, thank you for your donation. And I think that's fair after a year of... Yeah. But if I go through and I check a backer kit and there's one sitting there, I'll I'll go grab it and I'll send yeah. it because... Mm-hmm. Hey, you finally gave me the thing. But I also don't check very often after about three months to after three months, it's maybe every two months I check, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at some point you you have to stop and, you know, you've you've done you. Yeah. You've done your best in trying to contact people. And and at some point you think you're just maybe annoying them. So yeah. you don't you don't know. You don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, it is it is midnight where I am, and wow. uh, what we do we, what we do here is we go over the campaigns that uh, are still live. So, like next week, we'll be able to do this for you. Um, okay. If you want to hang with us while we go through it, and if you have things to talk about the campaigns, awesome. I know you're you're out west, right? Yes. It might be it's, dinner it's- time.
2: No, it's nine o'clock. I've already eaten.
1: Okay, all right. We've had we've had a couple of people at West go, I got to eat, I'm, and yeah. so I want to give you the you've done your you've done your duty. You can hang with us,
0: or you can tell us good night, whichever you prefer. And, no, it's uh, fine.
2: I'll hang. And it's in awesome. addition,
0: before you make your decision, this is traditionally where it completely goes off the rails. Yes, so. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's late for us, and it's always it's always a week
1: after we've talked to people. So we do our best, and we make no promises, but we do our best. Um, so I think we only have a couple hours left on Nine Crow, right? I think so. Uh, let me look at it real quick. Two hours so, to go.
2: That looked really good. I saw that.
1: It, it would, it, it, the art is amazing. And we had, um, two people that night that, that had been reading it as a web comic and were both really, really crazy interested on how it ends. So I think if you've read, I think it's 160 pages, Will? On that that graphic I think, novel, I think 165. 165 pages. So they're about 130 pages into the story, and they're salivating for the end. So <laughs> I'm going to take that as it's a, it's a pretty good story. But the art is exceptional. Dora was extraordinarily nice. Uh, she writes she writes it. She draws it. She uh, letters it. And uh, psychological horror. In kind of a, a small town, a, the, the young woman who is the, the protagonist is in a town where other young women have disappeared and she ends up in the middle of the mystery. So uh, I'm I'm as excited as anybody for that one.
0: Um, and a quick shout out uh, to uh, the Happy Hill people, because I believe Happy Hill just ended. It just oh. wrapped up.
3: Oh,
1: Good.
0: Congratulations
1: to Comics Tribe on another uh, extraordinary launch. Yep. Um, off of Kickstarter, but on the dauntlessstories.com uh, website, Techno Knights. we had Travis Behill last week. Uh, this is sort of a, a, a Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles type tale. 20 years later when the group has been split up and has to come back together and this is not kickstarter it's the green light system that dauntless stories does so uh it's a just a fun bright very dynamic artwork um but if you're listening to this you can't find it on kickstarters it's dauntlessstories.com slash techno knights and that's a k-n-i-g-h-t-s uh it's it's not it's not techno after dark. It's techno with uh, shields and uh, <laughs> swords. That guy, that but guy, he comes up a lot. Charlie Stickney, oh,
2: Charlie. Yes, uh, we'll,
1: we'll 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 we won't pretend we don't like him. Everybody loves Charlie because he's a great <laughs> dude. He's a great writer, and he's super excited about kind of the world of comics. And uh, I'm super excited because his comic is fabulous. Um, yeah, the, 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 the week that I got to come up to your table I, I met him for the first time and he, he handed me his his comic he asked if I'd read it and I said yeah absolutely and th- I was done with people that night I, I let everybody <laughs> else go I went to dinner and I grabbed this book and I read it and I read it and I read it and I got to the big reveal at the end of issue one which kind of changes everything you've read for the entire <laughs> issue which is why I don't give up the the uh the spoiler of it even though he's kind of like it's been four years
0: yeah. but
1: uh I went oh I had three problems with this story and that just solved all three <laughs> this comic rocks and I've been on the ride ever since so Check out White Ash.
0: Catch up if you have to. Uh, It's a fabulous book. Four days left on it. And I think he's around almost approaching 1,200 backers at this point, which is super amazing and very much deserved. Yes, have.
2: I have a fun story about Charlie. We we both live in Los Angeles. And so he said, let's meet at this particular um, cafe. I said, yeah. And so uh, I think he bought my Kickstarter book. And so we, we talked about Kickstarters and, and comics and a whole bunch of stuff. And he says, I'm doing my first con. And, and this is a few years ago, obviously. I said, that's great. What's your first con? Thinking to myself, oh, it's going to be like maybe Long Beach or, you know, something like, you know, of that range. He goes, I'm going to San Diego Comic-Con. i like, are you crazy?
0: <laughs> yes, he is. And
2: he said, like. <laughs> He goes, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, I said, okay, let me tell you a few things. Yeah. And you're listing like all the things he should bring, you know, water, good shoes. I mean, all this yeah. stuff to survive the yeah. five days that you're there. And yeah. I said, that's really not the best place to get your feet wet.
1: Oh, it's a, it's a really good place to get your feet wet, your face wet, your, your hair, arm. everything. It's it's a great place to drown.
2: Oh, yeah, of course. And, you know, his, uh, Connor was there and, you know, everybody was there and, you know, they did fabulous and, and it was great and everything. And I, he probably has never been more tired in his life. But uh, but I just remember him telling me that. And I'm like,
3: are you nuts? <laughs>
1: You don't, you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. <laughs> I did, I and did me, my first. And if
2: he's still watching, he's going to be laughing too. Cause he knows, yeah. he, he tells a story too. He's like, she thought I was crazy. He's like, you were crazy.
1: You were crazy. <laughs> you, <laughs> were you survived crazy. it, but that doesn't, you in yeah. with the bulls. It doesn't mean you couldn't have gotten gored. you know? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, they did. They did fabulous, but yeah, that was. Man, I I really felt for them. That was hard.
1: That's a lot. That's a lot. It is. I my first show was Supercon down here, which is probably like if if San Diego's, you know, you know, level level one, Supercon's probably a level three or four. It's not a Dragon Con size, but it's a you know, fifty thousand stuff. And I couldn't believe how dehydrated I was. Oh
2: yeah.
1: Every day. And and that's my you said water that was almost the second thing you said. You said water and comfortable shoes. Water, yeah. power a vitamin water, whatever. <laughs> That's the thing I try to drill on people. And a couple of weeks back, McMyers was like, don't drink, because then you have to go to the bathroom. I'm like, Are you nuts? <laughs> what are you <laughs> talking about? Go to the bathroom, drink, drink, drink.
2: Yeah, abso- you absolutely have to. And yeah. and we even changed up uh uh our snacks. Now they're way better. And uh, between you get the little apples, cut up cheese, get some good crackers. So you got the apple, cheese and crackers for your mid afternoon snack because mm-hmm. that gives you one. It hydrates you a little natural sugar. You got some carbs, a little fat, some protein, and you're good to go till dinner.
1: That's OK. I, All right. Yeah. I'm, gonna, so
2: oh. I'm, I'm liking that. It's better <laughs> than like porking down cookies because it's just it's empty sure. calories and right. yeah
1: right absolutely so um oops i closed it up uh laurent vales jr's uh horror comedy sacrifice issues one through three uh extraordinarily detailed demons which is the thing i want everybody to go to the page and uh check out is the design of the demons are so interesting and unique and he dreamt one of them he told us like he he like woke up with this demon in his head and told his artist what to do which is really interesting but it's it starts out with a um, uh, the demons are doing a sacrifice to bring lucifer to earth and they get nine tenths of the sacrifice done the only thing they don't do is kill the baby if they had killed the baby lucifer would come but the baby survives as long as the baby is alive we're okay but as soon as that baby dies hell comes to earth and that and baby's
0: now what 30
1: yeah it's it, an adult an adult and he, we catch up with the baby as an adult paranormal investigator who knows that there are demons around and has to go fight him and oops if he dies the entire uh, our entire existence ends. <laughs> it's the
2: end of the world okay yes. that's cool i like it's that. the end of the
1: world as we know it but uh laurent feels fine <laughs> That is that is our campaigns, I believe, that are still running, but we might have one coming up in the future. Uh Will, you might know a little bit more about this one.
0: Oh, <laughs> yes, I will be launching uh crossover division number four, uh, probably in late May. Uh artist Alice Leclerc is currently working on pages. Um I was hoping to launch it sooner, but we're putting the finishing touches on number three, and I will get that filled before we launch. So uh, that's why I'm probably pushing it to later May, but, uh, got some great, uh, variant covers, um, by, uh, Pablo, who's going to be coming back for number five, uh, to do the art. Uh, we've got a uh, standard cover by Alice, uh, Mog Park is, is, a beautiful variant cover. And then, um, Emily Pearson, uh, there's mm-hmm. a beautiful variant cover. I've got one other cover that uh, is done. I haven't revealed it yet, so we're hopefully going to. You do can that. tell them I did it. Yeah, Ke- Kevin did not Kevin did actually it. do it. Kevin <laughs> did it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'd have to pay people to take my art org. <laughs> yeah, my stick figures even suck. So there yeah. You go. <laughs> so if
1: they go to crossoverdivision dot com slash ks, they can get to your. Uh,
0: the- That'll take them to the sign up page where they can uh, sign up to be notified, which. Uh, this is actually kind of weird for me. I, I've got a a longer lead up time, and mm-hmm. I, I'm like, this is what organized people must feel like. I, I don't know; it's a strange sensation. <laughs> I um I tart
1: uh, the volume two from Scout Comics is in previews right now, mm-hmm. with a final order cutoff of five eight. And when they told me that, I went, "Oh, five, eight. God, we've got they've got a." make their orders by april 8th or i'm in a lot of trouble so i really started hitting my email list you gotta order this i started calling shops emailing shops and then someone uh explained to me that that the fifth month of the year is may and not april and i realized for the first time in my life i have four weeks i'm four weeks ahead you know it was great to make that idiotic mistake because i you know like instead of reaching out to 30 comic shops i've now reached out to 100 you know whether they buy it that's on us but i've actually done my part (laughs) yeah so hey if it's if it's the only way to get ahead
0: that's how I'm going to get ahead. It's the way way we roll, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it helps. I I I got a little ahead on on this one that's running now, which was which was nice to be able to do that. So yeah. it's a little calmer. It was a little, you know, better going than than the audio drama. The audio drama did I thought very well. Um, you know, for doing an entirely separate thing because I knew mm-hmm. not all the backers would come to that because it's not everybody's thing, and and I right. got that. But uh, the Podcast audio drama category uh, for Kickstarter has a very different dynamic than the comic side. So, which I didn't quite understand till I got there, and but that's that's a subject for another discussion.
1: <laughs> well, do you have five minutes, <laughs> <laughs> or is it a forty-five minute discussion?
2: <laughs> well, um, let's just say it's 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 not as dynamic. It's not as active. It's not as big. Um, it doesn't have the um, camaraderie for mm-hmm. cross-promotion uh, that the comics does. I mean, the indie comic section, we all work together. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of communication going back. And um, I don't see that there. I, I hope to see it. Uh, In fact, uh, Oriana Leckert and myself and uh, her name is Sarah Golding, she uh, manages the audio drama hub on Facebook and is a voice actor herself, Mm -hmm. is that we're hoping in May to have a a free panel for about crowdfunding for podcasts and audio dramas. And uh, so it'd be great to have Oriana, who, who if you don't know her, she's the director of publishing and comics at kickstarter and to help podcasts and audio dramas do better right so so they're more comfortable and and to uh you know bring more audio dramas to that category and to you know teach everybody how to you know work together in the communication and and you know because this all didn't happen overnight for us i mean this this is years this is years in the making Mm -hmm. and i have to credit uh tyler james a lot for that i mean tyler was was huge in getting you know between the mat you know the comic launch and the masterminds and what he's Mm -hmm. done over there um russell nolte as well um you know me and my little book kickstarter Mm -hmm. creator uh but yeah it's like once everyone said hey let's work together uh you know, it, it, it changed everything for all of us.
1: Yeah. They're, they're definitely at the beginning when I first started there, there was not that camaraderie that there is now, but it, it makes so much sense when you go in on Wednesday, if you're, you're a Wednesday warrior, yes, you might be the, an X-Men person. You might be a Spider-Man, a Batman person, but. You buy your three X-Men comics or now nine X-Men comics (laughs) And that doesn't stop you from buying four Batmans and, you know, oh my God, they have the, the, the mage trade paperback I've been missing, you know, it, yeah. and that is a comic reader is not you're, I'm not fighting Boston metaphysical or crossover division. We have readers that not every one of our readers is going to read all three, mm-hmm. but a oh, lot yeah. of our readers would enjoy all three. So of course, I want you to do well and the most selfish reason possible because if they're happy with your book, they're more likely to buy my book. They're more likely to buy wills. So yeah. Yeah. I
2: want,
1: I want you to do great. And that's not cause I'm nice. It's because I'm a greedy <laughs> piece of shit. I want you to do awesome. I want you to have a hundred, uh, you know, a hundred thousand
0: Sanderson level of success. Yeah. <laughs> nah.
2: yeah so, no, it's like, you know, we all, we all rise together and, mm-hmm. um, uh, and this, quite frankly, helps us to pay our our artists, our mm-hmm. letterers, our colorists. Um, my poor bedraggled pre-press guy, who I like. Oh yeah, there's one more thing I need to change. Which, <laughs> by the way, I do, Jason. So if you're listening to this, I'm really, <laughs>
1: I'm,
2: I'm really sorry, but it's very tiny, very, yes. very, very
1: tiny. I oh, <laughs> you know that remind, I love your little. Um, uh, I don't know what you would call them at the end where you point out uh, those pre-pressed things that had to be changed in your books I oh love... in the
2: earlier ones
1: yeah i love yeah. you like yeah did you notice that we forgot to add you know everything in this frame i those are so <laughs> much fun where'd you get the idea for that
2: well I wanted to uh those are the single issues from to make it clear to whoever's whoever's still with us um <laughs> and the original one through six issues uh which i think you can still pick up from source point um okay, cool. i think the individuals you can i i don't have them anymore okay. uh, but yeah you can get them from source point uh included these extras and i said and i just thought wouldn't it be interesting for people to see some of the decision making processes and also where we screwed up
3: mm-hmm. and
2: because you know i was new to comics when I was doing the first six issue miniseries. So yeah, I made mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time, you know, there was a panel that was supposed to like, have something like on the shelves and, and it wasn't consistent with something in the previous book. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to the, uh, the project manager who was handling the the colorist at the time. And I said, can we do something here? And, (laughs) and they fixed it. And so I just talked about how like, Oh, see here, we're missing all this stuff. <laughs> and I had to go ask the pro you know, we had to go fix that before we, you know, did this. And it's, you know, mistakes happen. That's yeah. all. It's just, it's part of the learning curve.
1: There's uh, we put tattoos on our, on our toxic fruit. That's their, their emblem mm-hmm. that, that they do what they do. And there's this one moment in issue four where, one character points out to two other characters, you both have the tattoo, same team. It's like, chill out. <laughs> and Ludo forgot to draw the tattoos.
2: <laughs> so
1: we have this page, and I'm, I'm reading through it when I, I got my first, you know, when we were with our first publisher. And I'm like, that doesn't look right. I didn't even notice it on, on the artwork. And so I was like, all right, we, we're going to get this fixed. And so when we went to Scout, somehow the bad page got in. So here it was again, we were about to like do the direct market, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. Here it was again that the tattoo wasn't in it. So I wrote a letter, emailed to the editor. I, we need to get this. We need to get it. Ludo sent the page. Three weeks later, it got flipped out again. And it just kept happening. That the, <laughs> the right page kept, and I'm like... Am I on candid camera? Is this (laughs) cursed? Why? Like, it's the only page that we specifically, in the dialogue, talk about the tattoos and point it out. It's the only one where if it's forgotten, it's a big deal. And I'm just like, guys, please swear to God. And so we get all the way through it. And that's all I'm thinking about. And I don't realize we forgot to credit Carl Maline, the biggest name on our book.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Carl,
1: Carl forgives you for that. It's okay. He's been very nice. He's been <laughs> extraordinarily nice for an extraordinarily big uh, mistake that, I'm, that I did not catch, I'll say.
2: Yeah. It's, I mean, you're only human. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I do, when I get the lettering in from Troy, and, and Troy is fabulous. I love mm-hmm. Troy. Um, but, you know, he works weird hours and he always tries to squeeze my stuff in, in between his much bigger stuff. And he gets tired sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I remember in Scourge the Mechanical Men, my, I didn't catch it. My husband caught it. Cause I have him proof as well that he had flip dialogue oh. <laughs> and like he flipped dialogue. And I'm like, Oh yeah. And then I, you know, he corrected it immediately. I mean, it was right. no big deal, but I missed it, but right. my husband caught it. So yeah. cause your brain fills in. Since oh, yeah. I've written it, my brain fills it in. <laughs> you
1: see what's supposed to be there, not what is there. What yeah. is there?
2: Yes. Yes. Absolutely.
4: Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah will, uh... you need
2: someone who's not, you know, seeing it all the time to to look at it and go like, Is this was this should be here? Yeah. <laughs> I
0: usually inflict the the final lettering proof on my wife, Stacy, and she's like Oh, you forgot to put the tattoos on them, and you know, I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my God, how did I miss all that?" You know.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, so apparently,
0: it's just tattoos that are big. I best. know it's the
2: tattoos. It's the, it's the tattoos.
1: The other thing Ludo does sometimes is she has a beauty mark, and it sometimes um, <laughs> it travels.
3: Moves. Yeah,
1: but <laughs> but we decided that that you know it's it's a magic beauty mark that she just likes, and just so it can be on either side. It's fine. It's
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah.
1: well, Madeline, I really appreciate you coming out and hanging with us. Good luck for the rest of the campaign. It's doing amazing as, as usual. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just, we appreciate you hanging with us. Yep.
2: No, Thanks. it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, You know, with just cons, just coming back and depending where everyone lives, you know, I don't get a chance to actually talk to you guys. So yeah. it was a lot of fun and, yeah. and I appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me on the show.
1: Hey. Anytime you got something, we're just an email away. That's
0: okay, right. Yeah, great. Absolutely. Thank All right. You.
2: Thanks. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good
4: night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg